to the bench woman with goals. Scored a lot of runs for England, played about 78 test matches. And so I had quite a, a sort of a, a famous grandfather who um, I did visit when I was about 12, 13. I saw him a few other times before that. But I think at the age of 12 or 13, before he passed away, um, is probably an age when I realized that cricket is something I really wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I think I can only remember going over to England and being shown around Lords and, you know, my eyes being yeah. as big as footballs, you know, realizing. You know, this was incredible. This was the dream potentially. And, you know, I then got offered a, a, an opportunity to go to a, a really good school in London. And I guess just from a, you know, an academic point of view and, and, a, and an opportunity to get some A-levels, it was, you know, something probably worth doing. So I made that decision. It wasn't an easy decision because it meant leaving home. My, my family stayed in South Africa. And, uh, yeah, boarding school abroad was tough. You know, I think, you know, homesickness and all that sort of stuff. But I think the, the major sort of deriding fact was was my ambition and my my want to to play international cricket and, and make it as a as a pro a pro cricketer so yeah. you know I think there were definitely tough times and then I, I got sort of contracted in my last year of school with Middlesex so I played mm. through the age groups I played England under 19 um, and yeah I guess you know I was then sort of I had a professional contract which was kind of felt like living the dream in a way but I realized very quickly that there wasn't going to be a dream unless I, you know, <laughs> you know, learned, you know, the art of, of batting and becoming a professional. And I think there's a big difference between being a talented youngster at school um, and then becoming a, a fully fledged, you know, professional 
day in day out and I think that was something I had to learn quite quickly and uh, yeah that's that's kind of a little bit about my background I mean I um, you know I still come back to South Africa my family still live here and yeah. you know it's been great to be back recently yeah I mean I've, I saw you in Stellenbosch a couple of weeks ago um, but what were your reasons were your reasons for leaving South Africa was it because of the, the scholarship that you received in England yeah pretty much I mean didn't really have any reasons I think it was more based on um, you know based on opportunity really um, you know and the fact that you know getting your A-levels in England would be great from an academic point of view I think from a, a sport point of view you know I played a lot of sports in South Africa I loved it you know I, I suppose those were the heroes that I watched those are the heroes that I wanted to emulate but um, one thing led to the next and suddenly I was in the English system you know of course I had a British passport growing up and and the opportunity presented itself so yeah not an easy one thing to do but I guess you just sometimes ride with ride with the opportunity in front of you no of course now obviously you, you said you had um, you started your 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 international or let me say your professional and um, career with the Middlesex and then obviously moved on to Somerset uh, uh, County Cricket now, can you just explain yep. to us um, your experience in playing county cricket in, in England? Yeah, look, county cricket um, is, a, is a good way to learn your game. I mean, one, you play a lot of cricket. I mean, there's plenty of cricket. I think there's, um, you know, that was the thing that really took me by, not by surprise, but I think when you become a professional, you, you've got a lot of cricket, especially at that young age. You're playing in the reserve teams. You're... Yeah traveling around England from hotels and places. So it's quite a, a quick learning curve in terms of what the professional game is about. Um, and I mean, it's, you know, you get to play at some great grounds. I mean, playing at Lord's Cricket Ground for the, the most of my career was very special, you know, being able to, you know, play somewhere that, you know, loads of um, great players have, have come before you. I think, you know, something that was very special. And I think also going down to Somerset, I mean, the fans there, are very passionate um, and yeah I guess county cricket is great because on another level you also get a lot of professionals that come in you know whether it be South Africans who are playing as cold packs or you know international players I mean I played yeah. as an 18 year old with Glenn, Glenn McGrath you know um, at Middlesex I remember fielding a short leg to him and you know that was quite a special moment as an 18 year old guy playing with somebody like that you know then you had Stephen Fleming who was there as a captain and then you had you know, loads of great, you know, Lance Kuznick came over for a stint and, you know, so within a three or four years, I played with some of the best players in the world and, you know, those were exciting times for me and I guess made you want to achieve and be a permanent fixture in the team and, you know, um, and that, that was kind of what I then had to work out is, you know, what were my strengths, what, what is it that I did very well and how could I really, you know, make a place for myself. Yeah, so um, following the retirement of Strauss, uh, then obviously Kevin's admission um, and you obviously carrying um, good form from the county cricket, you opened the baton with Cook. Um, KP was omitted from the side due to alleged text sent to Boucher and Cullis. Uh, did you feel a sense of animosity when you initially got called uh, to the England side uh, since KP's admission and with your SA background? Um, not really. I mean, KP was in the team when I got picked. Um... He was back in the team for India. There was definitely a bit of animosity and some personality and differences is probably the best way to look at it when yeah. I got into the changing room. But I mean, I was pretty naive. I mean, I, I worked my nuts off. Um, I deserved my spot. I was the best opening batsman in England at the time. At the time and, yes. you know, I knew I, 
I knew I needed to play. And um, so when I got in, I mean, my attitude was to very much be, you know, a hardworking guy who earns his place and showed the other players potentially in terms of from a respect point of view what I could offer that I could, you know, I could bat for long periods of time that I would dig in and I wouldn't give my wicket away. I guess that's where you have to start. Um, in terms of the relationships, yeah, they, it was a tif- difficult one in terms of being too friendly with KP because yeah. some of the other cliques and the players didn't really maybe fancy him too much. And, you know, I, I didn't really know any of that. I just kind of responded to, to people, you know, whether they were, yeah. you know, whoever they were, it didn't really bother me. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, yeah, there was probably, um, there were some difficulties. Um, you know, Andy Flower and Kevin Peterson didn't have a good relationship. and. You know, but at the end of the day, we won that test tour in India. So you could mm. argue that, you know, it's not all about harmony. You know, the best Australian cricket team in the world, you know, lots of the guys couldn't stand each other. You know, Shane yeah. Warren, Adam Gilchrist, I mean, you know, probably the, the most successful wicketkeeper bowler, you know, partnership in the world, you know, couldn't mm. stand each other. So, you know, I don't think that necessarily, um, you know, sort of, you know, sort of has a correlation with performance. But, um, yeah, I think the South African thing, you could feel it at times, you know. Um, I don't yeah. think, as a South African-born cricketer playing in England, you're necessarily going to be offered, you know, too many sort of welcome opportunities, perhaps like maybe a more of a chosen child. But I, I suppose when I look at it, you know, I had one of the most famous England cricketing grandfathers in the history of the game. So um, I'm not sure I was really on the same list, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I... It's you know I'm pretty British when it comes to my my background, so yeah. I didn't feel I didn't feel too worried about that. Kevin Peterson was very different to me. I mean he's South African through and through, you know. So um, yeah, it was kind of a bit different for me. I think it was just more about me coming into the team at the age of 27, 28, and you know I think at that age you've got to perform. You know uh, you're yeah. not maybe going to be offered the same opportunities as a 21 year old Joe Root, you know. Um, yeah, so you mentioned that your first your first uh, t- um, tour was against India. Then you obviously played your first test against India in Ahmedabad, whatever that that name is. But how was your experience <laughs> after your first test um, in in India? Mate, I was shit scared. I got to be honest with you. Walking out there and you're suddenly standing at the crease and you've got Saywag, Dhoni, Kohli, Tendulkar sort of staring at you, waiting while you take your guard. I can remember yeah. my foot shaking, trying to like push my spike into the ground and and take middle stump or whatever it was and um yeah i was nervous i mean you've got it's different i mean you've got a whole lot of cameras on you alistair cooks at the other end and all you all you want to do is just survive that first delivery and just get your first run you know so um yeah i think all in all it was a good test tour i mean i averaged 30 i think about 35 in the test tour which wasn't amazing but i think given that it was india it's tough conditions it's new and it was my first test series i suppose i would have taken that um you know, and, and I definitely feel that my partnership with Alistair Cook, you know, had an impact on England's win. So, you know, it could have been better. Um, I guess it could have been worse. But, you know, we won the series, you know, the first England team to beat India in 28 years. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so now you obviously, did you feel any, did you feel any sort of pressure when you represented England? Um, just pressure to perform? Um... I guess I felt a bit of pressure to perform, um, but I mean, it, look, there's always pressure. It's international cricket, you know. You know that, you know, you know what you need to average. You know what you need to score to to stay in the team. So yeah. I guess there's a pressure that you know, despite what's going on in the press or media. There's always a pressure. Um, I think you're just pressured to 
I think the thing with international cricket is you're on the show. And when you're on show, you want to be your best. I mean, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you can't always be your best. But of course, you know, there's no point in being your best when you're not on the show because no one's, I mean, well, there is from a personal point of view because actually you want to please yourself. But if you're, if you're playing international cricket, you want to play well because, and your best because that's what you want to showcase. You know, you want people to go, this guy's a good player. You know what I mean? You don't want to not play your best because then, of course, people can only judge what they see. So I think that's the biggest challenge is to try and, you know, you want to please yourself on the big stage by playing your best cricket because I think that's just an incredible feeling. And I think that's why playing at that level and performing is, is euphoric. Yeah, um, when you first um, got into the side, your coach was uh, Andy Flower. Obviously, he's a former Zimbabwean cricketer and your father was also from Zim. Uh, what was your what were your first impressions of, of him? Uh, my grandfather, I mean my first impressions were more based on stories and on people telling me about him. But I think when I met him, he was very social, he was an entertainer when he played, he you know, he really um, ignited uh, post-war Britain, you know, and gave them something to be excited about, you know. I mean to play on the left wing for Arsenal and then play cricket at the same time was pretty unheard of and you know no one's really done that before. So um basically it's yeah i mean it, it, it obviously was a it was great to read about him see him and see the pictures on the wall growing up and you know realize that i wanted a bit of that you know i wanted to achieve some of the things he did and uh i guess when i met him i was quite young and you know i remember him taking me around lords and you know meeting people through him and you know him telling stories and stuff so i have fond memories there's definitely fond memories he watched me play when i was 13 and i scored some runs and you know, that was cool. So, yeah, I, I guess those are the memories I have. But, of course, lots of memories that people have told me, lots of books mm, that yeah. I've read, lots of, like, you know, um, you know, those kind of regaling stories, I think, always brings a smile to my face. Yeah, um, I remember Kevin Peterson uh, received a hostile... I mean, you obviously mentioned him um, earlier on in the show. I remember he received a hostile crowd when he toured SA. Um, what kind of reception did you receive at the time when you played in, in SA or when you toured SA? Yeah, not really. I think it was, I, I don't think I, you know, I didn't receive the same sort of hostility. I think for me, it was slightly different. I also think the South African team had lost some of its big characters in Smith and, you know, Boucher, Callis, these sort of guys. So the team was much nicer, you know, personality wise. You know, Hashim was the captain. He's somebody I grew up with since I was seven, eight years old. You know, I played cricket with him all the way through. Um, so for me, it, 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 was, it wasn't that hostile. It, it probably could have been more hostile. I think the crowd, I, I, you know, I think my backstory probably hadn't been quite what Kevin Peterson yeah. had been, you know what I mean? I probably came in from a, a quieter perspective with a more of an English background anyway. So yeah. yeah, I don't think it was pretty that hostile. And, you know, maybe it should have been more hostile. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. We won the series. So I suppose in hindsight, they should have come on it. Yeah, um... Obviously, you we mentioned uh, Kevin Peterson, another character as well who came from South Africa was Jonathan Trott. But let's start with Kevin Peterson. Would you would it be fair to say that you can compare yourself a bit to Kevin Peterson? And then, what were your initial um, impressions um, when you were around him in the in the English environment? Because I mean, I've worked. Yeah, I can't with, really. Yeah, you know, I've worked with him um, a couple of times here in South Africa during the Test series as against uh, I think it was Sri Lanka and India. I mean, he seems like a very bold guy. He's, 
obviously like really full of himself and just that that uh, that aura about him. I mean, what are your opinions of him? Yeah, look, I I wouldn't compare myself to KP in the slightest. I mean, he's a different guy. He's you know what he did for English cricket was incredible. I mean, what a player. I mean, you know, people can have their views on him and and whatever, but I mean, to go over and do what he did was nothing short of remarkable. I mean, you know, he was an incredible player. I think he turned English cricket around through his his play, through his confidence, through the way that he. You know, really took on the opposition in a way that other England players I don't think had, and um, I think you've got to give a huge amount of credit to him. I mean, when I played um, in the team, I enjoyed playing with him. Um, yeah. You know, I think as a, you know, from a from a perspective of learning, from a perspective of wanting to learn from the best players in the world, there's no doubt that, that hanging around him, you know, definitely had an impact. Um, you know, he was a good practicer. He trained hard. You know, he was straight down the line. He said it as it is. But I think sport's got to be played like that. I mean, there's no time for messing around and, and niceties. I think the more direct and um, black and white you can be, the better. I mean, I think a lot of his views on English cricket were correct. I, I think perhaps the way he put them across and perhaps the way that he came across didn't always help himself. Um, you know, so look, I'm probably not his first invite or is he my first invite to Christmas lunch? But you know what I mean? He's... Um, yeah. He is what he is. I don't have. I haven't had much to do with him post cricket. You know, I think he's got bigger fish to fry. But uh, and he's obviously doing some interesting things. You know, he's a, he's his own man. He's, you know, he he backs himself. And you know, I don't think anyone else can can deny, you know, um, deny that. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure he's. You know, is he happy with what he's done? I think he probably would be. He played 100 Test matches and he. You know, he was a, an incredible player. So I, I guess there's two sides to everything. Um, mm. You know, as a person, you know, people need to speak personally. You know, there's people that probably like him and people he don't. It's quite divisive, isn't he? He's the type of character that's always going to be 50-50 around the world. But um, I guess that's up to him as well, who he spends his time with and wants to invest in. So, you know, I guess that, again, is, um, is where the bone of contention lies. Yeah, and then obviously another player who we mentioned now was Jonathan Trott. Um, any impressions of him? I mean, obviously he had a bit of a, a, ment a mental breakdown. Can you share more about your your relationship with him and how was he in the in the English environment? No, Trotty was cool. Yeah, Trotty's a good guy. Trotty was much much quieter and you know much like the way he went around his cricketing business. You know, he he was a fantastic player. You know, had lots of really sort of good routines. You know, was a, a player that one relied on, and there's no doubt that you know the the type of role that I played was probably a similar one. You know, um, or at least tried to play was a similar one. Um, you know, someone who could really be trusted and who could the team could bat around, and I think he did that job incredibly well for England. You know, um, you know, again, he's South African. He came and he showed a lot of resilience. You know, in terms of his mental health issues, look, I've gone through them myself. So you know, I sympathise, I empathise, I also realized that he was very hard on himself and he pushed mm. himself incredibly hard and you know um you know i back that i back the fact that he did push himself through tough times that perhaps he wasn't well or clear in his thinking but still went out there and tried to do his best for the team and you know there's not there's never a day that goes by where you, you can't sort of applaud someone for doing that i mean mental health issues are real they they catch up on you when perhaps you least expect it and you know, he'll be as disappointed as anyone to have gone through that, like I was, because, you know, it's not something you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you want to be out there performing. You want to be strong. You want to be resilient. You want to be 
you know, the, the athlete or the competitor that you know you can be, but something inside just makes it very difficult. And I think that's when, you know, I give them credit for, for realizing that, admitting it and doing something about it, you know. Um, but in the team, yeah, very, yeah, chilled actually, very chilled guy, you know, obviously mm. quite serious about his batting. Um, but, you know, wasn't wasn't as big a character as KP, was somebody yeah. that, you know, I think most guys got on quite well with and, you know, yeah, I think that's probably how I best describe him. Yeah, so obviously we mentioned a couple of guys who came from South Africa or have a South African background. Now let's move on to the other players in your time playing for England. We will start with Swanee. What were your impressions of Swanee? That's Swanee, mate. I mean, he's a lot, he's, he was a joke. I mean, he literally, he's like very different character to me in the sense that, um, you know, quite, quite laughy, quite jokey, confident guy, you know, quite like almost like KP a little bit in, in the right. sense that he did back himself. He was confident. I don't think they necessarily saw eye to eye, let's be honest, um, uh, because both were quite big personalities. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, Swanee, you know, you know, he was, but, but he was hugely competitive, um, you know, very, very competitive, you know, once he got on the field and, um, yeah, I don't think you want to underestimate him as a competitor, um, you know, and, and obviously a fine cricketer. I mean, you know, has a, an unbelievable record. So I think, um, yeah, again, like quite a funny guy, like was always at the heart of, of like the banter and the team chats and stuff like that. So that was cool. Then obviously let's move on to Jimmy. Jimmy Anderson is still playing at the moment. Um, what is he like? Just very grumpy, mate. Like yeah. proper grumpy, fast bowler. You know, just you know, kind of plays within himself. Is obviously unbelievably skilled. Um, um, you know, but just yeah, I'd probably say grumpy. When I first met, I didn't really understand him, and I probably took things the wrong way. You know, I probably took it personally. You know, when he was quite like, you know, sort of grumpy, didn't maybe speak that much and stuff like that. And obviously, he was a big, big player. So yeah. you know, it took time to like understand how these individuals worked you know how to stay out of their space if that was need be how to be friendly to them and i've always felt the best way was to just get on and do your own job and do it well and earn respect that way than try and be too friendly or matey you know but you know jimmy's a good guy i mean there's obviously you know his you know his kind of record and and his longevity has just been you know incredible i think just the way that he you know, I think he's learned how to manage himself, you know, day in, day out. And I think there's probably not a cricketer in the world who's done that better. Well, then let's move on to Alistair Cook. I mean, obviously you opened the batting with him. Um, do you say that you obviously you share um, um, a relationship off the field with him at the moment or not? Yeah, yeah. Cookie and I are good friends. He's somebody that, again, um, um, he had... A, I mean, he had a big sort of impact on me in terms of the way he played and, you know, he was a very solid guy. So, you know, yeah. I always like seeing Cookie, somebody that I'm fond of. Um, you know, he's a very solid, genuine guy. He's what you see, what you get, I think, pretty much. And, you know, I think there's no real airs and graces to him in many ways, which is what has made him so good. You know, I think his emotionality and the fact that he could just keep so level all the time was, was amazing. Um, you know, that's something that I sort of definitely learned from. So, yeah, Cookie's a really great guy. He loves his farming and, you know, it's something that, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I do see him, I do speak to him and it's it's nice to catch up with old teammates, you know? Yeah, and then uh, obviously another relationship that you you have or good relationship that you have with one of the former players is Ian Bell. Can you share how was that, um, that environment with him? 
all that mention. Yeah, cool, man. Same, same thing, really. Yeah, they all. I mean, Ian Bell's another quite quiet guy, you know. Um, I think he needed a lot of support and confidence here and there put into him. Um, and you know, I think that he was an outstanding player. Probably didn't quite, um, you know, probably didn't quite achieve what he. He could have done in some ways um, because he was such a good player. But, uh, you know, I think he, yeah, he was quite a quiet guy. So very good, very good. And then what about Monty Penasol? I mean, another big character in the, in the, in the side. Oh, Monty's just funny, mate. Yeah, just, <laughs> just an absolute joker. And was a good, yeah, obviously a fantastic bowler. He was funny there, very funny. Mm. Uh, you retired in 2018. Did you um, perhaps retire um, from the English because of the English environment, as evident with KP and, and Trotty, or more with on your own grounds? No, I think I just I just could have got to a point where I probably had enough, you know. Um, and yeah, I think it gets to you. I think when England fell away um, and the whole cricketing thing fell away um, and realised I probably wasn't going to get back in the England environment, then, you know, I felt it harder and harder. I had 11 operations in my career and you know, it's um, my body just wasn't in a good place. So, you know, the game doesn't get easier, then it gets harder. And I think, you know, your 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 willingness to keep pushing and persevering, you know, after many years, it becomes, you know, more and more of a test. So, um, yeah, I guess it was more around that. Um, and, you know, I think it's, you know, I think with sport, you've got to be passionate, you've got to be hungry, yeah. you've got to be driven, you know, it doesn't, you know, things don't necessarily, you get smarter and you get more experienced. But, my body was really not in a good way and I was finding being on the field just really uncomfortable. Um, I wasn't enjoying it as much in terms of my batting um, and I felt that the in injuries were impacting my consistency and it was just making me very, very frustrated. Um, and I think also the impact of 2020 cricket, you know, the whole game has taken a different course and, you know, I very much wanted to be a test cricketer. I mean, I played, played uh, 2020 um, but I just didn't feel that that was ever something I was going to really excel at. So, um, yeah, I just made the call, um, you know, and sort of felt that it was a good time to sort of try and heal, get myself well and, and, and get into something else. Now, let's move on to post-cricket life. I mean, I'm, I met you in Stellenbosch a couple of weeks ago. Um, you're obviously working for SS School Sports Lab as a commentator. But other than that, what else do you do, you do um, in your spare time? or Doing a lot of... Yeah, a lot of a lot of photography. You know, I think I've really done a lot of photography around Africa, India, these sort of places. And really, really like to get into different communities and off the beaten track. You know, and I think it's what really makes me, um, you know, sort of quite passionate about the whole travel side of things. And yeah. you know, I think photography has been a, a real exploration for me. Um, and I do. I'm still working with Middlesex as an, an elite performance. Um, you know, so that's been cool. Um, you know, still involved in the game somewhat. And yeah, commentary, media, it's something that I, you know, really want to get better at. You know, there's no doubt that I enjoy it. I, I would like to do more presenting. And, yeah. you know, I think I've got a good views on the game and, and, you know, sort of understand the players and, and empathize with what they're going through and thinking. So um, I always find that an interesting part of the game, to be honest with you. All right. Lastly, um, throughout your cricketing career, uh, would you what would your most memorable or least and least mo uh, most memorable moments be in your cricketing career? Uh, most memorable, <laughs> obviously, my dad uh, being in New Zealand, no doubt. That was amazing. Yeah. Getting my first Test hundred, you know, him him being there watching me do that was pretty special. I think you know to have to share a memory with with someone who 
you know, introduced the game to me and who has always supported me, I think was was very special. Um, I guess my most least favorite uh, memory was probably missing out on the Ashes about four or five days to go. And I was dropped before the first Ashes test when I really think I should have played. Um, you know, it was a it was just a very trying time. You know, I think you know, I worked so hard to get there, and you know, had a bad test match against New Zealand in the test the last test series, and I don't know, perhaps just um, left the door open enough for them to make a call. And I think that was hard to bear, you know, because I I was playing good cricket at the time, and I and I felt like I deserved to be in that team, and I felt I was still the best opening batter. Um, but yeah, I missed out, and uh, you know, that was tough, mate. Really tough. Yeah, um, and then the, uh, yeah. So, um, just want to say the last thing is: Would you ever consider um, co- uh, coaching coaching as as a profession? Yeah, I, I probably would, but I think I'd have to be. I'd like to do some sort of consulting and work with individuals and mentor more than you know be a day in day out coach. You know, I think I can offer more on that front in terms of um, strategy, in terms of talking to players, helping them realize what their strengths are and what how to build you know their own careers i think yeah. the whole performance elite performance and mindset um is something that really fascinated me when i played and, and, and it's something that i think i learned a lot about and i've gone through both sides of the coin so i think there is something i can offer these um these guys um but i'm not sure about full-time coaching i, th- I don't you know i think i'd rather be in the media I'd rather be writing about the yeah. game and talking about it and you know, yeah, I suppose consulting on that front. All right, so Compo, thanks uh, so much, uh, mate, for Howdy. taking me on the bench, Warmer. Uh, obviously, it was nice chatting with you. Uh, see you in Cape Town or in the commentary booth uh, soon, mate. Okay, all right, brilliant, my man. Cheers, buddy. Cool, thanks, man. Hi, I'm Figile Mbalula, commonly known as uh, Razmataz Mbawizi Fligile on Flick. You are listening to Madiwa's radio. Keep rocking the Metro Nana. Let's go. You're listening to Madiwa's radio, opening up the waves for you to be heard.